0: Welcome to Med Practice Made Perfect. I'm Tom Mahar with Practice First Medical Management Solutions. Not everyone thinks of a medical practice as a as a business, but you know it it is a business, and people want to be treated. uh, People want to be treated the right way, and not just by the doctor uh, or or the healthcare provider, but by uh, you know all all the staff. So uh, it's very important to uh, a, a lot of times medical practices, of course, are. The folks are very empathetic um, to whatever the person's medical point is but uh you know uh, we have to find uh you know the right personality type to be able to go and 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 still and still get that money from the patient up front um to you know it's vital to you know that, that you know for the practices to flourish and survive and be available for people you know, the funds have to the funds have to be there. And um, you know, it's the whole idea of have conversations with practitioners, you know, years and years ago that didn't want to charge copays. And there's a real good reason why those copayments are in there. I mean, you know, from an insurance company standpoint, um, you know, they don't want the services they don't want the services overused. Uh I think of easy examples of uh you know uh, you know, new parents that have, a you know, that have a child and and every time there's a one, nose, they want to run the child to the doctor. Well, you know, it's, it's not necessarily, um, you know, a great use of resources or necessary for that matter. And, um, if, you know, if they didn't have to pay anything, they'd be, you know, probably, you know, maybe a lot more willing to go run to the doctor once a day, um, rather than, you know, wait it out for a couple of days and, and just make a phone call. So, Medicine, of course, has changed and the delivery of medicine has changed substantially over, uh, you know, the last, uh, you know, the last 25 years, the last five years for that matter. So quite a few things there. So the other part that's really important beyond, uh, you know, beyond your front desk people and, and, you know, kind of, you know, making a decision. As far as, you know, how are we going to, you know, how are we going to determine how much money we're going to charge up front? Um, you know, I think we can talk a little bit about the idea of, um, you know, how do I set my financial policy? And and setting the financial policy is, um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things to a financial policy. And... and one of the most important things about a financial policy is that you know it, it's it, it's like public information. It needs to be available. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times I've gone to a, a a doctor's office and they want you to sign a pad, you know, you know, signing off on the HIPAA authorization, signing off on the financial policy, but you, you can't read anything. You can't see what it is. You don't really know what you're signing. It's it's. Uh, it, you know, normally people would never sign off on that type of thing without reading it, but in a physician's office that folks do it. And, um, I think this, I think that's a real big mistake when you get into financial policy. And the reason is, is that first of all, it, it's really not fair to have a financial policy that somebody doesn't really know what they're signing on to. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things in, in today's society, you know, I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, not a lot of folks love confrontation, you know, um, but, you know, I think the idea is, is that, you know, you got to be upfront about these things. And if you're upfront about what you you know, what the rules and regulations of getting service at my business, my practice, my medical practice, what that is all about is, you know, that folks understand. So they're not surprised. They're not surprised when they get a bill. They're not surprised when they, you know, leave the office and, and and they get a uh, and, and they you know get words from a uh, you know from your front desk person that says you know geez you know you owe you know one hundred eighty nine dollars and you know I've got these many different ways to pay well that would have been really nice to know before the patient went back and got the service so um, you know look, people people really want to be treated fairly I think and you know I, I mean look at this is it, it's not just about the medical care it's about uh, the idea that you, know, you want them back in, in like any customer, you want the customer to come back. OK, so we want the patient to come back for service. We don't want them to be irritated or annoyed, especially after their first visit, um, which can be, you know, they could be in a situation where, um, you know, maybe they got some bad news and, you know, we don't need to make it worse, um, you know, out you know trying to collect that money at the front desk. So. Um, you know, having a financial policy that is well thought out, that is posted, you know, where people can read it on the walls, in the exam rooms, on your website, um, there's nothing to hide here. I mean, it, you know, it, 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 it's uh, it, it's all important. It's all important stuff. And I, I uh, you know, I think the patients that are going to make a decision, if you're fair, when you're setting your financial policy up, if you're fair. I, I would sincerely doubt that a patient that had any intent of paying their bill and paying what their responsibility is would really have a problem with your financial policy and not choose you because of your financial policy. Now, you know, as I've told many uh, uh, providers over the years that, um, you know, if, if you, you know, you have to, you know, you're, you're forced to, um collect that patient responsibility for some of the things that we spoke about, you know, earlier about the overuse of services and so forth. So those amounts are due, you know, but if you don't enforce it, if you don't send folks to the collection, if you don't, um, you know, make a, a good faith effort to do that, I, I'm going to tell you, I mean, the word gets around and when patient, people find out that, you, you know, you're not uh, you're not real tough about getting paid. You know they're going to bring their deadbeat friends along too. So, um, and you're going to be stuck with a practice full of, of people that you know aren't paying their fair share of the bill. And you know, long term, that really hurts the delivery of your services. And um, you know, it's just just a, a, a tough thing. So, you know, getting back to the idea of, you know, what what is important inside of you know, these financial policies, I mean, you know, there's a, you know, there's, there's a few things. So, you know, I think, you know, the first thing is, is that, you know, I mean, the elements of this, as far as, you know, you know, what do we want this to, you know, to contain, what are we, you know, what, what message are we trying to deliver? You know, I think the general idea is, is that, you know, we're focusing here on, you know, collecting the patient responsibility up front. Um, you know, rather than chasing this in the back end through, you know, through patient statements. And, you know, I'll tell you, you know, when you're, if you're a specialist, it's much harder to get paid on the back end, especially if it's a one and done situation where you're not going to see the patient again. A um, little bit different in primary care because they typically have a relationship with you. They typically want to come back. They come to you anyhow because they like you. Um, a little bit easier, but it's still, it's, it costs money. It costs money to chase money. So, Um, you know, you know, the second part of this is, you know, making sure that you tailor your policy to, you know, the differences in your practice versus another. I mean, you know, a a a policy might be different if you're a specialist versus, a you know, versus a primary care practice. So, you know, also, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we've got to make sure that the policy very, very good idea to have your attorney review your policy once you have all your financial details and so forth in there make sure that, um, you know, you're meeting all of your, uh, you know, federal, state and and, and local laws. We want to make sure that we, are you know, that we're in, you know, we're in uh, compliance there. So, um, you know, I mentioned a little bit earlier also, you know, post this policy, post in the office, post in the exam, put it on your website. You know, it's not a secret. People need to know what it is. Um, you know, and and, and that's important. Um, you know, one of the most important parts of it after you're, you know, so you're communicating this information to the patient. Um, that's great. But, you know, when there's a dispute down the road, you know, the idea is, is that, um, you know, the person has to acknowledge it. So, you know, how, how do we acknowledge, how do we acknowledge the payment? You know, how do we acknowledge receipt and, and, you know, office policy? You have to have a, it has to be signed. So it has to be signed by the patient saying that they've acknowledged that they read, and, read and received, and understand the, the financial policy. Period. And and lastly, I mean, you've got to store this. So most uh, EHR systems, electronic health record uh, platforms, have the ability to take a scanned sheet of paper and and, and scan it into your, uh, you know, I- into the software. I mean, if you've got a place where they can electronically sign it, you know, but you also want them to, you know, want to, you know, give it to them. You want to give this to them so that they can read it and uh, take it home with them and ask questions or whatever. I mean, but you want to, you need the signed version of it so that you can back it up. If something, if you go to collection at some point, um, you know, uh, the, you know, the patient's account goes to collection at some point. You have to have something to back up, um, what your financial policy said you were going to enforce, basically. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things in there, uh, you know, you know, as far as, you know, some of the essential components of the financial policy, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's many, there's many components. So, uh, you know, I think the, you know, the most important thing is, is that, you know, we state, yeah, I mean, payments expected at the time of service, um, you know, traditional plans, that means, you know, collecting co-payments up front um you know capitated insurance situations as well uh you know for for traditional high deductible type plans um you know we're, we, we're looking at this idea of coming up with a you know a standard new patient or established patient fee or if you want to get if, you're, if it's not overly complicated as far as a number of codes you're doing and so forth establishing that idea of of collecting the actual amount assuming your your provider in the back is coding is coding and uh you know it's real easy to calculate that dollar amount um up front so you know you're going to have standard dollar amounts i mean you know if you have a simple level two level three level four um for you know their insurance company i mean you can easily look up and see what that allowance is what you're allowed to charge what they're going to pay or what they're going to allow and what that patient has to pay and collect that up front rather than eating. For that claim to process and you to bill it on the back end. So, um, you know, again, the idea is let's keep the patient out of the exam room and wasting the provider's time uh, with something that's going to end up as unpaid. So, um, you know, another option, uh, you know, that you could, you could, you could enforce is uh, if you don't want to go, you know, too extreme as to collecting money up front for whatever the reason is. Um, you know the other ideas. You know, okay. Look at if you don't pay the amount due at the time of service, um, you're going to agree to you know a tacked on fee, a five or ten dollar billing fee, basically a five or ten dollar billing fee, to uh, you know to be invoiced. I mean, each invoice that co- each patient statement that goes out the door. Um, you know, years ago, they were, you know, basically the cost is about $5 a statement. That's important. And we'll talk about that a little bit, the billing part, you know, know, a little bit as far as, you know, small balance policy and so forth. So, um, you know, typically inside the patient statement, um, or or inside the financial policy, um, you know, what we're, what we're going to do is, is, you know, once that insurance is processed and settled, the payments made at the time the service is applied, you know, you're gonna end up with in the in the situation we talked about earlier, where we're gonna charge a flat fee for uh new patient and established patients, there's gonna you know it's not gonna come out to be an even dollar amount. I mean, you're gonna you could have
1: uh you know, maybe
0: uh may, maybe the insurance carrier allowed I a mean, new patient $180 for the services you provided. You collected $125 up front, and so uh you know, they allowed $180. They, you know, they paid uh, 125 I mean, we've got $55 balance due by the patient. So we're going to then have to bill that patient for $55, okay? Assuming that, um, uh, you know, that's the situation. You could have a high deductible. It's the same. It really doesn't matter. Once you're in a high deductible situation, the same thing could happen. They could allow 180 They would pay nothing. Uh, the $125 is applied up front, and you're billing for $55. If you didn't collect that money up front, Um, you know, maybe you collect the $20 up front, you're, you're, you're chasing a lot more money. You have a lot more money at risk on, on the back end. So, you know, when we get into the billing, the patient, you know, the idea there is, is that, um, you know, we're going to bill the patient after, you know, all the insurance has been, you know, filed, you know, everything's adjudicated. We know we've taken the allowance off of our customary fee uh that, that we've established you know we've been thoughtful about establishing a customary fee schedule we don't really talk about that too much but you know we want to establish a customary uh, uh fee schedule that is uh you know that's fair and reasonable to patients and you know if you don't want to be shorter for many of our insurance companies you know those fees need to be higher than what that insurance carrier allows so, you know, again, when we get to the back end, uh, you know, you know, all the you know, all that's left is the is the financial responsibility of that patient. So, you know, we're gonna bill that patient. You know, I would suggest you bill them every 21 or every 28 days on a cycle, um, you know, two or three statements with increasingly stronger dunning messages, you know, you know, telling them that you know this you know this uh you know this amount is now due for services rendered here and there. Of course you're gonna have a good uh you know, you're going to have a good explanation of, uh, what the services were. And, uh, you know, you're going to bill them, you know, two, three times. And then, you know, the last invoice is going to say, you know, you're going to, we're going to send you the collection if we don't hear from you. Um, if you decide to send two statements, maybe you want to use a pre-collect notice as your third quote unquote statement. Uh, you know, you can do that as well. That, I mean, that works before you send it to collection. That sometimes gets people attention. Sometimes you put it on different colored paper. Um, you know, it, it it alerts the patient that you know it's it's time to pay this bill. It's pass time to pay this bill. So one of the other things that you can add into your financial policy that you know a lot of folks don't take advantage of, and again, you got to check your your state and local laws as well on this. But um, there are many places that will allow. There are many uh, areas where you're allowed to add a collection fee onto the amount that gets referred to collection. So. Okay, well, you know, geez, why is that important? Um, you know, many collection agencies charge, you know, in the neighborhood of, you know, a third to, I've seen as high as 40%, depending on the size of the balances that are being referred. And, you know, that's, that comes right out of what you normally would have gotten had you gotten this money up front. Had you received the money up front, we wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't be talking about collection agent and then giving away a third of the money. So in the case where, you know, you, you, you do have to, uh, uh, you know, send this to collection you add the one-third on and you've told the patient up front that they're responsible for the collection costs you know you send a 100 bill to collection you know we make it say 135 so you you know you net back down to 100 whatever the you know whatever that fee works out to be um you know you're 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 perfectly fine to do that the patients acknowledge that they'll that they will uh you know accept this fee um, and, you know, we're as happy as we can be despite the fact that we're getting paid a lot later than we normally would. Um, good to remember though that, you know, once it gets to collection, I mean, the likelihood of it getting paid, I mean, the typical yield I see out of collection is in the neighborhood of 20% of the best net, net. So, um, much better to get this money up front. So one of the other components that we want to have inside of this plan is we want to make sure that we have a, uh, return check fee, uh, you know, service charge of $50. Very easy for your bank to charge you $50 for a return check, you know, and, and with that stated, as far as a return check goes, you know, we also want to make sure we have all forms of payment, uh, availability for folks, you know, uh, you know, short of accepting, uh, cryptocurrency. And we want to, we, we want to make sure that we, you know, we take Apple Pay, we take, uh, Google Pay, you know, et cetera. Um, uh, all credit card debit cards and so forth. Um, you know, talk a little bit about the idea of, uh, you know, charging for forms. Um, you know, it's a, it's an important thing, you know, sometimes these requests are for large numbers of pages, it's, you know, records that we've got to, you know, print out of our EHR, or if we're have a paper record scenario, we've got to go grab you know records and copy them. So you want to handle that as well. Uh, no-show fees, you know, we want to have, we want to establish no-show fees. Um, you know, depending on the type of practice you are, um, if you're a specialist, you might be in higher demand, you might have a higher no-show fee. If you're a practice of seeing patients regularly, um, you know, three no-shows in a year, no-show being defined as, uh, you know, you don't give us 24 hour notice before uh, your appointment or you get charged, whatever, $50, let's say three no-shows in a year, you're discharged from the practice, uh, again, they've signed off, they've agreed to this. If you have out-of-network uh, carriers, patients that want to see you, but they're out-of-network, uh, you know, you can establish a self-paid fee schedule. Um, you know, one, another really uh, important thing that's really come on the scene recently with the whole No Surprise Act, uh, you know, bill that came on the scene federally January 1st, 22, is the idea of providing good faith estimates to your patients. Uh, you know, a very... Uh, uh, we could do two episodes talking about this, but, uh, you know, good practice, uh, to, to stay in compliance to, to make sure you're, you're, you're doing this where necessary. Uh, talk a little bit about small balance policies. Very good to establish the idea that, um, hey, look at, you know, cost $5 to send out a bill. Balances that are less than $5, we're not going to send them a patient statement. Balances that are that are uh, uh, overpayments of of less than five dollars, we're not going to send a statement. So, five dollars either way, you know, we're not going to collect and we're not going to refund. So, again, you know, double check and make sure that's good with your uh, you know state and local folks and your attorney. Um, it, you know, most most places it works out pretty good. Uh, payment plans. We want to have payment plan parameters set up two to six months. You know. That's how we're going to collect the money. Um, You know, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, the establishment of, uh, you know, the high deductible plans, how we're going to go after after those dollars. Um, You know, again, we could do a whole episode on how to go through various ways to calculate that. Thanks for listening to Med Practice Made Perfect.